Hi, this is James. This week's episode of Basic Brewing Radio is an experiment in a couple of ways. We brew an experimental beer, and we continue to experiment with video. There's both an audio and a video version of this show. The video version is a bit shorter because I edited out the mailbag segment. However, the mail is still in the audio version. You can find a link to the video version on our site. And for those of you interested in more video episodes, I'm planning to post an RSS feed that will be for video only. So check into basicbrewingradio.com to see if I've got that figured out. Let us know what you think of this experimental podcast. We hope you like it. Welcome to Basic Brewing Radio for Thursday, January 12th. 2006. 2006. I'm James Spencer, and with me is my good friend Steve Wilkes. James, thanks for having me back. It's great to be back on Basic Brewing Radio. Well, thanks for thanks for being here. And Welcome. you know, should I don't know if we should change the name of uh, the the show when it when we're simulcasting or not, but we are simulcasting uh, a video cast again, as mm-hmm. as well as having the audio portion. Yep. Uh, since we got some good response last time from people who. Like to sit and watch us drink. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was my wife's reaction. They just sat and watched you drink. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just realized I have a mic cable sticking out of my pants, so I'm going to put that on the <laughs> on the floor. My partner. Yeah, we're going to be informal today, um, just because we're going to have some fun. Yeah, and, and we're going to make a little beer. We're going to experiment because part of the fun of uh, of making beer. Is uh, is playing around and, and finding new things to do mm-hmm. uh, and discovering new good stuff. So, good stuff. So what we're going to do is we're going to make a six pack. A si- <laughs> we're going to make a six we're, pack. We're going to make a six pack of beer today. Twelve ounce beers. Uh, yes. Okay. I mean, we're not actually going to bottle them and well, you know have. A, we're going to make a six packs worth, worth of beer. Okay. You owe me a coke. <clears throat> So I figured, you know, I wanted to make a small batch, but you mm-hmm. want to make a, an increment, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I figured if we could make uh, three quarters of a gallon of beer, that will technically give us enough for eight beers. Mm-hmm. So we've got a fudge factor there. Now, there is kind of a serious point to this. I mean, it's fun. Mm-hmm. But if I am wanting to try a new recipe, uh-huh. this is a way to do it without investing in a lot of... Stuff. That's right. And or a new style that you've just never tried before, and you're like, oh, we'll see if I like that or not. Yeah, if you want to make a six pack, if you want to make a big old beer like this, is going to be a, a fairly large uh, uh, IPA, mm-hmm. and you may hear jingling every now and then. That's the dogs walking in front of the <laughs> camera because we're in my kitchen. So, <laughs> so if you're if you're listening or you're watching, you're not going to not going to see the dogs. But if you hear the jingling, it's not Santa. No. That's my dogs. Okay. Uh, so what we're going to make is is an IPA, and I figured it out last night. The target uh, uh, gravity is 1080 or 1.080. Mm-hmm. Our volume is seven, uh, three quarts or three quarters of a gallon. Three quarters of a gallon. And our IBUs I figured to be about 74. Although it may be tricky with a small, uh, the small batch. Mm-hmm. So, what we've got are ingredients. You want to walk us through the ingredients? Do you remember what our ingredients are, Steve? This is one pound five 
0.3 ounces of light malt extract. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. Or in other words, one and three, uh, one and a third. One and a third pound, pound of right. light dry malt extract. Right. We were playing with our new digital scale today. That's why. It was, <laughs> that's why he knew it was exactly one and five. Point three. It's a great scale. <laughs> yeah, and this is altogether. This is a half ounce of Cascade, right? Correct. And this is uh, pellets. Pe- well, yes. For those who are listening, this is a point one ounce, point one ounce, and point three ounces. Correct. Right? And we're going to mm-hmm. be bittering with with point three ounces right. of Cascade pellets. Right. We're going to be flavoring, flavoring. with a tenth of an ounce. Tenth of an ounce and we're going to throw hops. some aroma, some finishing aroma hops at the end, mm-hmm. uh, a tenth. Now, I noticed that we don't have any Irish moss or anything like that handy. Are we going to use that? You know, I thought about that, but, you know, you usually use, what, half a teaspoon for yeah, five gallons? Not very much. So maybe we just don't need it. I just didn't I just didn't want to worry about it. And yeah. if the beer's a little cloudy, either it'll be cloudy or it'll clarify in the bottle as it conditions, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to enter a competition with this one. You're not? Well, I might. You never know. And we're using, uh, this is a starter of uh, California ale yeast. Okay. So, um, you know, I thought, well, I don't want to pitch a whole uh, unit of uh, brand new yeast from the store in mm-hmm. in this little sample beer. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I, I had some California ale yeast that I'm going to make or used to make a, a beer later on, mm-hmm. and I just made a starter, a one-quart starter, and what we'll do, do is just mix that up. It's, I started it last night, and uh, it's, it's bubbling pretty yeah, it's good. That's pretty happy. Let's, let's show the... See, it's, it's bubbling pretty darn good on top there. It's nice and frothy. Mm-hmm. And what, what we'll do is we'll just mix that up, and we'll just pitch a little bit of that into, the, into our little beer. Mm-hmm. Um, as, and, and let it go at that. And then there'll be plenty left over to, to ferment the, the five-gallon batch later on. Later on. So. Okay. Uh, so do, shall we get started? Yeah, oh, let's do. Let's make we, some beer. We decided, and we've never done this before, so this is a guess, but we want three quarts of water in the end. Mm-hmm. So I predicted that we would boil off maybe half a gallon in an hour. That's what we're going to... So it's what we're going to shoot for. We're going to put... One and a quarter gallons of water in our brew pod. And Shall I pour? Please, please pour. And I will. I will measure out. I'll be over here on the sidelines, uh, measuring out a, a quart. And I'm sure this is interesting for the listening audience. We're not saying anything. As you'll uh-huh. notice, we're using an enamel. Brew pot, and this is the first brew pot that I ever used back when I first got into brewing. Now, try not to make the place look trashy, Steve. Come on, okay. get organized. Get organized. <laughs> so there we've got. It looks better, like beer already. Is it? <laughs> it's a little <laughs> clearer that I. It's a session I, beer. Yeah, you can drink a lot of that. Yes, uh, a whole lot. Watch your hands. Here we go. All right, now we got our fire. And uh, we're coming up. Okay. And there, there's been some discussion. In fact, there was an email about about pots. And in fact, maybe that's maybe this is a good time to talk about that while we're while we're coming up to boil. Yeah. This is from Jason in San Jose, California. I'm assuming. 
who said, uh, my local homebrew shop owner has been brewing for over 20 years. He insists that a wort can pick up metallic flavors from aluminum pots. When I heard one of your guests, I think it was John Palmer, and it was, uh, recommend aluminum pots, I was quite surprised. So this is not on the subject of enamel pots, but it is on the subject of what pot, uh, our pots are made of. Mm-hmm. You bought an aluminum pot recently, Steve. Mm-hmm. In your experience? I haven't tasted metallic flavors from it. Now, I may not have... I don't know. But I bought... Uh, I've always used a, uh, an aluminum pot this size for a secondary boiling mm-hmm. because I've done split boils most of my life. And my other pot was a stainless steel pot. Uh, I guess five gallons. Uh, but I recently bought a commercial grade aluminum stock pot uh, that is what? It's like 50 quarts. I mean, it's really it's nice. big. It's really, really a nice pot. And um, made some beer in it. I haven't tasted anything off in it. Um, so I don't know. I think it's, this might be one of those things where some people can taste it and some people can't. Or, but, or, it, may, uh, or it may be a myth. Or maybe a myth. <laughs> I, the more I, the more I, I think about it, and the more experience that I have in the in in the with that aluminum pot, because you know I've done a couple batches with your aluminum pot, borrowing it, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know I'm 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 thinking that that the metallic flavors from the aluminum is is or from the uh, from the aluminum mm-hmm. is probably a myth. Uh, it, well, it, it would it would have to be proven to me, because in, in our in my experience I I haven't tasted it. Now I, I just poured a beer. This is your uh, Americo- Americolsch that we tried on the last show, and just mm-hmm. to you know just to do a sample. <laughs> this beer was made with uh, with the aluminum pot. All right. And cheers, by the way. Cheers, cheers. Smells great. Mm. It's pretty good beer. That's tasty. I don't taste any off flavors at all. Uh-uh. I certainly don't taste a, me- a metallic off flavor. So no. at least with this style of beer, or the style of beers that we've used or, or, or brewed, um, we haven't um, we haven't noticed. I've had a problem with it. And there are other people that that swear against. Let me take our yeast away from the the boiling pot here. Um, there are other people that swear that enamel pots are bad. Why is that? Because, well, John Palmer says he doesn't like enamel pots because they heat unevenly, mm-hmm. as I'm recalling his comments. They heat unevenly and they um, scorch the beer, mm-hmm. the wort. But, you know, I brewed with um, enamel for eight years. Mm-hmm. And... I don't made some good beer. Yeah, so you know your mileage may vary. Uh, I, I bet you that you could scorch beer in just about any. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that sometimes we, and not just in brewing, but kind of everywhere in life, it's kind of like you want to blame the gadget mm. when really it might be the method. Maybe you know you can you can leave the malt on the bottom a little too thick and not get it stirred up properly, and it scorches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's can't be my fault it must be the pot's fault mm-hmm. something like that and i don't mean to be flip but yeah. I, but just that i think that sometimes we tend to do that and we tend to want to uh 
idolize our gadgets, and we also <laughs> want to blame our gadgets when things don't go right. And there's also the uh, the loyalty, you know, the the Ford versus Chevy. Exactly. Or Macintosh versus PC. Exactly. Of course, we all know. Laurel versus Hardy. Oh, wait. Don't get us started. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm sure that'll spark some discussion out there. But, you know, I, we haven't had a problem with aluminum or enamel pots so far. If we do, we'll let you know. Let you know. And if you, and if you do, let us know. Weigh in. Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm open to suggestions here on the, on the program. Who else you got? In regards to your comment about airlocks in the last podcast of the year, I just wanted to say that I use vodka as the liquid in my airlocks <clears throat> since I generally have one carboy fermenting and one conditioning. That came from Brian in Austin, Texas. So he uses vodka. You've used I use vodka, vodka and maybe gin mm-hmm. in airlocks in the past. Yeah. Um, I use water. I'm using water right now at home. I didn't have any vodka. It's 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 just a barrier. I guess the thought is that the alcohol will be more of a barrier to the stuff getting into the beer than just plain water. Or whatever would get in the beer would be killed. Or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like to pass through that very toxic environment wouldn't allow anything to get through it. So you know, it's a little personal preference. Personal, yeah. I don't know if there's any science behind it or not. Doesn't cost know. much. Doesn't cost much. And you know, they say that well. On the last program, uh, one of the the listener uh, had a problem with, um, or was wondering about his airlock because it looked like it was working backwards. And what mm-hmm. was happening mm-hmm. was he put warm wort that was warmer than the outside air into the fermenter, sealed it, and then as it cooled, it sucked right. air in and uh, made the the water look like it was going into the airlock instead of out of it. Mm-hmm. So if you put stuff in your airlock, there's a chance that it might get sucked back in. Um, so if you're concerned about your tap water being uh, contaminated, you might want to use uh, vodka or mm-hmm. you know, pure grain alcohol or something like that that mm-hmm. uh, uh, that wouldn't wouldn't have any, any bad stuff in it, probably. <clears throat> and definitely nothing. You wouldn't want to put anything in your airlock that you couldn't put in your mouth. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. You wouldn't want to put like bleach, no, or some kind of or idafor. I mean, yeah, it, yeah as silly as it that might you, sound, yeah, that you wouldn't want to put in your beer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, on your December twenty second podcast, you mentioned this is from CJ in Frederick, Maryland. By the way, uh, on your December twenty second podcast, you'd mentioned that you had sent some beer to fellow beer podcasters. I was wondering if you or your listeners might be able to suggest the best means for sending or transporting. Beer to family and friends. So he's concerned about breakage, the best parcel company, and such as that. And whether uh, it would hurt the beer if the yeast got jostled around in the bottle, perhaps requiring resettlement. Well, it would definitely require a little resettlement. Yeah, but, but it won't hurt it. It won't hurt anything. It just means your beer just leave it alone for a, be a little cloudy for yeah yeah for a, a short period of time. But yeah. it's not going to hurt anything. Um, it might affect the, the flavor of some styles, depending on how much s- sediments you've got in the bottle, but it's not going to hurt anything. Uh, I brought three six-packs of IPA back from Denver when we went to the Great American Beer Festival in my carry-on luggage. 
<laughs> a brave thing to do in this post nine eleven world. Well, and they you know they X rayed it and everything. They had no problem with uh, carrying the luggage or the beer on the plane. It was just darn heavy, and I was glad I had one of those rollaway things. But I wrapped it in socks and shirts and you know whatever's in your in your luggage. Your luggage. And it came back just fine. Of course, I was I was in possession of it most of the time, except for when they mm-hmm. you know it was little planes, so they took it off and packed it when I was uh, when I boarded. But that actually is a good question. Um, I've never shipped beer or had beer shipped to me, but I've had wine shipped to me. Hmm. And there are, uh, occasionally I'll get a case of wine from somewhere, a winery. And, um, you know, it always comes in these kind of styrofoam things that are made to hold 12 bottles of wine. And there's a bottom and a top, you know, like mm-hmm. a stereo they pack them in, you know. Right, right. So my guess is is that there is probably something like that out there for beer if you were, you know, really concerned about how to package it up. I would suggest, you know, going to the UPS store and saying, this is what I want to do, help me do it. Well, they won't ship beer. They, UPS won't? Yeah, they will say, we don't ship beer. Okay. It's against their policy. Uh, Somebody does. Well, they do, but they don't They don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did I did get a, a package from uh, Rick from Pacific Brew News Radio, which, thank you, thank you, Rick. Thank you. He's the, he's the guy that sent all the wonderful beers yeah. that we, we drank. Those were great. Two, three out in the... Uh, Patio and like one of the best IPAs I've ever had mm-hmm. came from that batch. So kudos, to, yeah. kudos to Rick. Uh, but uh, there was it was a company up in the Northwest called Liquid Solutions, and you know they're a liquor store, and so they they ship alcohol, and they had the container that was made for that purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, with those twelve wonderful beers inside, but also. What I did was when I shipped the beers out, my, I took a six pack down to Neil and Andy at the home brewery, and they wrapped bubble wrap around the bottles, and they put styrofoam packing peanuts, and really packed it up well where it wasn't going to break. Mm-hmm. And then they gave it to me, and I took it to the UPS drop here in, in town. And when they ask, you know, they always ask what's inside, and I said, well, glass bottles. And you were true. I was true. I was not false. I was not lying. There were glass bottles inside. They were full of beer, <laughs> full of homebrew. So, as I understand it, well, it's, it's illegal, as I understand it, to ship via the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, now, that you can't do. I'm, I'm uh, but uh, you, you can get away if you fudge on UPS, and I think if you fudge with FedEx, you might be able to send it to... Well, you know, the reason I thought that that it was possible to do that is because there are places that you can be in the Beer of the Month Club and they'll ship you mm-hmm. so many beers, you know, every month. I've never done it, but I see the ads in the back of right. like Wine Spectator magazine and all that. So I, I just assumed that there was a yeah. legal way to ship beer. And I know you can ship wine because I get it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What the difference is? Maybe they have a certain permit or something, or yeah. But be interesting thing to find out. If anybody knows, yeah, let us you know. Let, let us, us know. know. We'll pass it on. Dale from Morrisonville, and I'm, I'm don't know the state, uh, says I was wondering if it was possible to use a coffee grinder to crush my grains. I thought it might be a little too harsh on them. And he says, P.S. I, I tried your espresso porter and its conditioning in the bottle. That's 
on the, from the Basic Brewing oh, cool. website. Yeah. Basicbrewing.com website. Uh, that's an award-winning beer. Which I drank. Well, actually, I drank the coffee porter the other night. Is that, was that the same recipe? Yes. You, you've given me a couple yes. at Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> so good luck on that. Uh, I hope the, the porter turns out well, uh, Dale. Uh, I would not use a coffee grinder to crush the grains. I wouldn't either. Either for all grain or for steeping for an extract brew. Because you coffee grinder is going to get those little teeny tiny particles in there. And that's going to get those little teeny tiny particles of husk are going to get seep through the the grain bag into your wort, uh, or be impo- you know really hard to filter out in an all grain. And you and if you did, if you ground your grain for an all grain brew, of course you'd have to have a heck of a big coffee grinder. I was going to say, <clears throat> but but you wouldn't be able to establish a grain bed well. Uh, so. I would say no to the coffee grinder. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what you want. What you want to do if you're steeping grains, and the way we did it in our extract video was to take a rolling pin uh, and roll the just kind of crack grains. them open. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or if you uh, have a, a um, grain grinder or a grain mill, uh, or you could take it to your homebrew store. Whether you you could use a, a mill that that typically has two rollers that the grain goes in between those two rollers and it kind of rolls the contents of the mm-hmm. of the, uh, the grain out mm-hmm. and leaves the husks intact, hopefully, as much as possible, uh, so that either A, they don't go through the grain bag and get into your word as you're steeping for an extract brew, or uh, B, um, you know, you want them, if you're doing an all-grain batch, you want to mill your grain so that you've got lots of big... Nice husks, yeah. so that they can act as a filter bed. Drew from Elkridge, uh, Maryland, uh, says, "I find your podcast very informative. I have a show suggestion for a future podcast. There are several ways of sparging. I think it'd be a good show to give information on batch sparging and fly sparging, pros and cons of each, as well as the how-to. Uh, I'm getting into all grain and would like al- alternate ways of doing all grain and." I think we have something just for now. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> well, I mean, let's answer the question first, and then we can be self-promoting uh, yeah. afterwards. Uh, let's check our water first of all. Yeah, watch pot Woo. never boil. We're starting start to get a little uh, action there. Fly sparging or continuous sparging is where you start to drain the wort off of your grains, and then you start adding water at the top to replace mm-hmm. what you're draining out, either by sprinkling or you know some other method. And so you're running the, the water, sparge water, continuously through. And you want to take batch sparging? You just you want to talk about drain it out. Just drain it out. And then you add, the add your sparge water, mix it up, do a Vorloff to reestablish your grain bed. Yep. Drain it out, drain again. out again. We like the batch sparging pretty much for, for most beers. Now, there are some that would probably like to do a fly sparge on, but, you know, I've just gotten used to doing the batch sparging. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not quite as efficient, put a little more grain in. Exactly, exactly. You can compensate for that. Batch sparging is said to be less efficient. You don't get as much sugar out of the grain because you're not taking your time. You're not drawing the sugars out of the middle mm-hmm. of the grain. But um, you know, doggone it, you can add just a little bit more uh, grain at the beginning of the process and, and mm-hmm. bring your efficiency back up. And it, 
we're starting to get. Should we leave the lid on or take it off? We're starting to get a little action yeah. in there, a little bit. I'll leave it on for a little bit. We do have something to help you in the all grain process, and I want to make this part short because I don't want to turn this into an infomercial. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this week we are releasing the uh, the preview version just to podcast listeners mm-hmm. of the Basic Brewing Stepping into All Grain DVD. Right. So it's our All Grain DVD where we take you through batch sparging, we take you through fly sparging, fly sparging. Mm-hmm. we take you through infusion mashing, we take you through step mashing. Um, all the equipment. All the equipment that you need, talking about how much water you will need, and we show each of these processes in a, in a non-linear way. Right. So that you, you start out and we talk about your grains and we show you what uh, well-milled grains look like. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about the equipment that you'll need. And then a menu will come up and you'll get a choice. Right. You can either go to step mashing or infusion mashing. Mm-hmm. And you go through that process. And then we go talking about Vorloff and uh, Loudering. And you get another choice. You either have batch sparging or or fly sparging. Mm-hmm. And then you we come to the end. Yeah. So that will um, be a great way for folks to learn all about that. That's right. <laughs> and uh, this will be available uh, just like this. I mean, this is the pre-release version. So this is a DVD-R. This is not a replicated disc like uh, it will eventually be. Right. And it doesn't have the pretty packaging. It just has uh, um, a CD jewel case. But it still works, and hopefully it works just as well as the uh, replicated one. Right. I'm going to sell this for ten bucks. But ten, wait, there's more. Ten bucks. Ba- well, no, there's not. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll sign it. You want to? You're going to get us. Some I know it. If you request it, well, if you want us to sign it, if it's important <laughs> to you, we'll sign it. Uh, but uh, but I wanted to wanted to get number one as a benefit to the podcast listeners. I wanted to get a cheap version of the DVD out there, and I wanted some feedback mm-hmm. from a good focus group. And I figured that that so everybody out there would be a good focus group. So for more details on this on the new all grain DVD, go to basicbrewing.com/grain. So basicbrewing.com/grain, and that'll get you. To how to get your hands on the DVD? Are we? What time? Did you look at the time when we started? No, I didn't. Uh, while we're coming up to the boil, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. We're back, and we are. We've got our water boiling. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> our one and a quarter gallons of uh, water. That I filtered, by the way. Put yeah. that right there. Just because. And so do Which we want first? Let's add... Well, let's wait for... Let, we're going to add... Let's wait to add our, our um, extract at the end. Okay. Don't you think? And uh, you want to add our third of a... Or 0.3 ounces of... Uh, Lovely. There it goes. I bet you I've got a steering spoon... That's beer. I'm telling you. Ah, oh, it smells good. That's now, mighty fine. Yeah, Steve was sm- saying that he 
He did a five-gallon batch. Or maybe you want to tell us about your five-gallon batch yesterday. <laughs> my experiment. Your experimental batch. Since we're doing experimental batches, well, tell us we, about your experimental you know, batch. Well, remember back to the video podcast we did where we tested the beer, the two beers. Mm-hmm. One had the hop boiled by itself first, mm-hmm. and then one was made uh, more traditionally, I'll call it. Right. Okay. So I decided that, that, that I really liked the one where the hop was done by itself first. In, the, in plain water. In plain water. So yesterday I made a light ale uh, with uh, hops first only. And I boiled it for, well, let's see, let me think back. I, I had a split boil. I had three gallons of water. I added one ounce of a halitur hops. So this was kind of a beer that, of stuff I had around the house. I just Mulligan stew beer. Mulligan stew beer. Uh, so I, I added one ounce of that. I let it boil for a half an hour. Then I added one pound of amber malt extract, dry malt extract, one pound. Mm-hmm. I let and, and another ounce of the Halter hops. So I've got two ounces of hops. I let that boil up until 15 minutes before the end of the hour-long boil, so, so 15 more minutes. Then I added four and a half more pounds of light extract, light malt extract. So you, so you boiled an ounce of hops in plain water mm-hmm. for 45 minutes. For half an hour. For half an hour. Half an hour. With no, with nothing. Right. Then I added one pound. Of light dry malt extra. Uh, amber. Amber malt extra. Yeah. 15 minutes. With the flavoring hops at that point. Then at fi- at 45 minutes, I added four and a half more pounds. Boiled that for 15 minutes. Huh. So we'll see. But then I got crazy. <laughs> so then I, I uh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I, I was talking to James on the phone, and I said, "Boy, I'd really like to make some something with fruit in it." I just wanted to do that, and I was thinking about what I had, and I'd gone to the store, and I, they had cherries, and I guess they're in season somewhere in the world, and I thought about doing that. They were too expensive, but I remembered that I had about a gallon and a half of peaches that I had put up in the freezer back in August when the peaches in Arkansas are to die for good. So I thought, what the heck? So I got these peaches out, got them thawed out, sliced them, you know, kind of thin, not real thin, I didn't like mm-hmm. pulverize them, but, and then I put them into the hot wort. Now this is important because you have to pasteurize the fruit mm-hmm. somehow or another. So um, I put it in while the, I'd taken it off the boil, but the, but the wort was still at about 190 degrees and then let that steep so a gallon and a half, approximately, of peaches and two ounces of grated ginger. <laughs> and so that's in the word. And then, Is this um, a beer or a dessert? Well, you know, I'm hopeful that the way I hopped it, that the sweetness will be balanced by the amount of hops I used. And that, uh, well, that it'll just be balanced. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just one of those times when it's a pretty day and you're making beer and you just say, what the heck, let's find out what happens here. So it's now in the primary. Uh, the yeast was just a, a, a just a Kolsch, a German ale yeast, liquid yeast. Um, and it's happily bubbling away even as we speak. So I'll let you know how it comes out. We'll taste it on the air. <laughs> now, now, Steve is a cook and a real good cook. Uh, not by profession, but by... Once upon a time by profession. Well, okay. But not for long years. <laughs> not for long, long years ago. But you have a talent of taking uh, ingredients from here, there, and everywhere and just making something and having it come out really good. 
Occasionally that happens. Oh, all the time it happens. <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that you were just saying, hey, let's do this and let's do that. Let's do it. It's, it's kind of like um, Sam uh, oh, Calagione. Is that the uh, the dogfish head? Uh, um, I don't know how to brewer. pronounce his name. But yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his name, but you know, as I, I'm reading his book, and, and apparently, according to the book, that's kind of what he does with a lot of his beers. Is he's just like, oh, let's throw currants in there, yeah, and he comes up with a purple beer, and you know, it tastes great, and it just happens to be purple. So you know, this kind of off the wall stuff, you know, you can come up with some really good stuff. Of course. You know, you can come up with some stuff that's not too good you, sometimes. That, that can I happen. Imagine. Yeah. Um, I was in a, I've told this story before, I think. I was in a homebrew uh, competition, and and um, <clears throat> afterwards we were tasting some of the entries, and mm-hmm. I pulled one out at random out of the uh, cooler, and it was a, a peach basil beer. How was that? How was the basil? Uh, it it kind of clashed with the peach. So peach is an herb. Yes, yes. Peach is an herb brew. <laughs> <laughs> or reunited light ale. So the, so the peach and the basil, uh, not, make it not so good with the beer. Well, peach and ginger is a classic. Uh, those two ingredients are classically found together all the time. So I thought, what the heck? You know, in the beer, we'll try it. And um, we'll see. Now, I do want to say this, though. What I didn't do is I didn't break any rules of sanitation you know, you can't mm. you can't change the basic rules of brewing, which is keep everything clean on the cold side. Mm-hmm. You know, all the way through. You know, and 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 pay attention to the links of your boil, and pay attention to uh, you know how much you hop it or how little you hop it, and all, all those kinds of things. I mean, make a conscious decision about what you do. It's it's not just a random thing. It's oh, I'll toss in a couple of gallons of that. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be some basis for the decisions about how you do it. So it's so it's not sloppy brewing. Uh, and it's not. It, it may be a little crazy, adventurous brewing, but it's not sloppy, and right. it's not, I guess, irresponsible or reckless. I guess right. is the is the word I'm looking for. Right. If you do follow the the basic rules of brewing, you can play around within those boundaries. But uh, if you were to make a beer and ignore sanitation, it wouldn't matter how good your recipe you're just, was. You're just asking for trouble, right? But playing around with ingredients and making sure that you follow the rules of adding those ingredients sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we're boiling our our uh, our hops here, and they're they're boiling up pretty darn good now. One thing that I noticed is you you have to keep stirring these in more than if if there were wort in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna let this boil for a while for oh. About 30, 40 more minutes, maybe, until it's time to put in our malt extract and, and our flavoring, flavoring hops. hops, and we'll uh, we'll come back. Do we have time to have a homebrew while we're hanging around? Oh, we could off find, camera. We could find time. Okay, we'll we be right back. Time. We'll be right back. Mmm, <laughs> still hop uh, aroma in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not, not as, as much. No, not as much. So we're we're at uh, 15 minutes before the end of the boil. So mm-hmm. let's add our. We're gonna add our malt now. One point three. You do that. One point three pounds of light dry malt extract. Shall I stir? 
Yes, please. Okay. Oh, need to, let's turn off the oh, yeah. fire. Good idea. Otherwise, we would just have a welling up of uh, nastiness there. A welling up of something. A boil over is what we would have. Yeah. So, in fact, let me... Here, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Excuse my reach. Excuse my reach. Let me uh, let me get a smaller cup here oh, yeah, so that idea. I can kind of spoon that in there. Are you ready? Yeah. We'll just do this a little at a time. Yep. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I'm making a mess. You're making a heat wave. <laughs> <laughs> and, boy... You can really tell how this stuff glops up. Boy, no the kidding. steam has uh, come in contact with the sugars in the light dry malt extract, and, and it's becoming a caked-up gob here, this uh, cup. <clears throat> so you think that's calmed down enough? Oh, to yeah. I think you kind of... Yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. Okay. Okay. Yesterday when I was brewing, I had to really watch it. I was by myself. Mm. And um, I got close to the lid, close to the lip a couple of times. <laughs> Whoa. Now, slow down, baby. Now look at that. Now, yeah. what's good to do is you, you make sure you got something that's dippable in boiling water. Mm-hmm. But so you can clean clean the uh, clean that light dry malt extract the, off there. all the malty goodness off that orange cup. Now, for those who have been listening and not watching, I yeah. <laughs> forget, <laughs> we're in video mode. Uh, the malt extract is glopped up on our bowl that we initially had it in, and the cup that I got out of the drawer to, um, to right. spoon it into the, the pot. Yep, and now you're kind of cleaning that off by just dipping it in there. Yeah. won't hurt anything. Yeah, just dipping the bowl into the, into the wort. And getting a lot of that stuff off. And now let's um, put that over in the sink. Now we need to add our flavoring hops, I bet. Yeah, let's add the heat now back yeah. to get us back up to a boil. Yeah, and we'll add our 0.1 ounces, our mm-hmm. tenth, one-tenth of an ounce of okay. flavoring hops. And I'm going to get a washcloth here and clean up some of this extract. Stickiness. Because you know, this stuff will like bake on... To the uh, stove, and I will be in trouble. Is what will happen. <laughs> You'll be in double Dutch. <laughs> I'll need a double Dutch boiler. No, wait, that's something else. There you go. Now, uh, what we will do is we will bring this back up to a boil and mm-hmm. boil it for ten more minutes. Add our aroma hops. Boil for another five minutes, and then we'll. Use uh, probably an ice bath and sink to cool down our wort, and then we will. Uh, we've got stuff being sanitized in a an iota four solution mm-hmm. in the sink, and we will bring everything back together um, and come back for the unveiling. Yeah, unveiling, the pouring, and the pitching, and we'll see. We'll see how close we were to our uh, to our target volume. Oh, yeah, that's right. What do right. you think? How much do you think we got in there? We should have marked the pan in the, in yeah. the beginning. Oh, you know, wow. I just don't know, but it reduced quite a bit. It did. Mm. Well, we'll see you in a few minutes. Maybe a smaller six-pack. <laughs> Maybe a four-pack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. We've, we've, we've uh, 
We've cooled down our wort. Gone through our boil. We've cooled down our wort, which mm -hmm. cooled down real, take long. real quickly. Yeah. A gallon or whatever this is cools down pretty darn quick. Yeah. And I used my new refractometer that Santa Claus uh, brought me. And if I'm reading this correctly and converting bricks to specific gravity, we wound up with a specific gravity of 10, what did I say, 1074? 1074. Which uh, is a little lighter than I expected, so we may have more volume uh, in the uh, brew pot than than I expected. Mm -hmm. So, you know, which, you know, it's okay. We'll just, what comes out, comes out. This is an experiment, and, yeah. you know, it's only a six-pack. <laughs> so what uh, we're going to do is we've got our our um, gallon um, growler or gallon jug. Gallon carboy. Yeah, our little fermenter. A junior carboy. <laughs> <laughs> we've got it all marked mm -hmm. to the three-quarters of a gallon mark, and we'll take our thermometer out of there, and this says that we're a little, we're like at 74 degrees. That sounds good. So what do you think, Steve? Oh, I think it's time to... I think it's time to pour? I think it's time to pour. Well, smells good. Smells like, smells like beer. Now, if we'll watch on camera there, we can see... Or if you listen on the podcast. Now, I've got, there's a screen in this funnel. I'm pouring in a big funnel. It's pretty neat. And the hops are going to stay at the bottom. But if we get too much too much hop stuff in that, in that screen, it's going to plug. How are we coming on the volume, Steve? It's coming up. Can you see how we're doing? You're doing well, but you, you're going to probably need all or most of that liquid to get up to the level. All right. Yeah, no, actually. It's filtering our tube pretty good there. Yeah, it's doing a good job. You've established a grain bed. <laughs> it's a hot <laughs> bed. It's a hot bed. Yeah. In fact... What I'm going to do is pour the rest of that in there, and I've got a sanitized spoon. Yeah. That uh, <clears throat> we'll try to move some of this stuff around in there and uh, get the rest of that liquid in there. Or most of it. Some of it. <laughs> hey, Actually, it's, it's, hey, look at that. Yeah, you're just about look right on Look at it. that level. It's, uh, we're squeezing almost all the wort out of the uh, hops. Mm-hmm. And the level for guessing, I would say that's pretty good. Not bad. And once we add a little bit of, of starter in there, yeah, you know, if I were, you know, if this were a sport, we'd be high fiving, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd probably get penalized for taunting <laughs> for excessive for excessive <laughs> uh, celebration. Uh huh. Okay, I'm going to sanitize my hand, um, which is clean. I'm, I'm dipping it in the uh, iodophore solution that's in the sink. Okay. And what I'm going to do is aerate the wort. Aerate away. Now, doing this with a five-gallon carboy. You'd have to be <laughs> a mighty big man. Now, look. There's... 
There's hardly any any word in there that's not bubblified right now. Yeah, no kidding. So, wow. and watch, um, it's going to spit probably when I, yeah, spit a little bit when I take, took my... It's a little colicky. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't think it takes very long to aerate something of this size. Okay. Ah! At least you're hoping to, that. I'm going to have to rest after this. <laughs> I call that good. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a pretty good head on that thing. And it will come down mm-hmm. over time. Now here's our starter, and I'm going to sanitize my hand again, or my hands. And we will. I'm going to have to re-sanitize this stopper to put it back to in. Put there. it back in. Here's our healthy. Starter in 3D. Want some starter? Now, for you people out there in audio land, James is waving the starter <laughs> bowl back in front and in, having fun with the camera. In front of the uh, close-up camera. Yeah. Okay, so it's got a nice frothy head on it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm just... You know, a lot of people pour the... It's a preference whether you just want to... You know, well, of course, I, I can't... Pour most of the liquid off the off the yeast and pour it in there because I'm going to use this for something else. So I'm going to mm-hmm. mix it all up. I'm stirring. I'm agitating the starter. Mm-hmm. And I have another funnel that's sanitized. How handy are we? I don't know. I'm just going to guesstimate how much. Hope oh, Dave Logston's not watching. I'm going to guesstimate how much uh, starter that we need for this one gallon. Um. Oh, we're frothing over. Yeah, we're frothing over. What do you think? A few tablespoons? Yeah, a few tablespoons. A couple of glops. A couple of glops. Now the, hopefully the, the yeast starter will make its way down past all the foam there. Boy, what a mess. Okay, I'm going to put that over there. <laughs> care, for, <laughs> care for a dollop of foam, Steve? Okay. It looks like a... Um, Meringue pie. <laughs> it's got a good head on it. Got yep. a good, got good head retention on the uh, on our little carboy there, our little jug. And I'm going to wipe away from the mouth of the lid there. And I've got Absolutely. my hands sanitized again. And I'm going to just mix the yeast in there just a bit more to get us going. And. Okay, I've got a little stopper here. I'm continuously dipping my hands in the sanitizer. We'll need some lotion when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Your skin will be falling off. <laughs> Plus, I've got brewer's hands. It's wintertime. Yeah. So we've got our... Now, I use the two-piece uh, airlock for primary fermentation mm-hmm. because if this glops up, it's a whole lot easier to clean out. And I need a little... It's handy doing this right here in the kitchen. Got all my stuff. All your stuff. And I just use water. It's like me yesterday brewing outside. I was... Oh, I forgot this. (laughs) Running. I forgot that. Running in and out and in and out. Okay. Uh 
I put the earlock on, I filled it up with a little bit of water, and then there we have our a our six beer. Pack and, uh, six pack and two. A six pack and two, an eight pack. Eight pack. And of course, by the time we take hydrometer reading at the end of a primary fermentation, and I'm going to rack it into a secondary one of these, the same thing. It's a one-gallon jug. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to do some dry hopping. I bought some whole Cascade hops today at the homebrew store. And I'm going to hide. I haven't figured out how much I'm going to use for dry hopping one gallon of beer. Yeah. But it uh, be, be a good opportunity to dry hop with a whole bunch of, proportionally, a whole bunch of hops. So, mm-hmm. well, that's it. That's it. Well, Steve, I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. I hope my, just pardon my squishy Squishy hand there. This has been fun for me. I hope it's been fun for you. And I hope it's been fun for everybody listening and watching. Mm -hmm. And we will let you know how this turns out. This is a guess. I like it. So let us know what you think of this concept of the, of the uh, combined podcast uh, video audio thing and, and let us know how we're doing and, and we will make modifications and on your suggestions if we need to. And, Get better as we go along. But uh, I pre- oh, and I appreciate everybody who's made comments on the iTunes podcast directory in the uh, iTunes Music Store. Appreciate it. That's great. Appreciate your help. Um, until then, if you have uh, questions or suggestions, you know where to reach us at uh, James at BasicBrewing.com, or just fill out the contact form on uh, BasicBrewing.com. Mm-hmm. And as usual, our podcast is is uh, produced technically, at least the website is, by Kelly Dotson, and uh, produced by Active Voicing. Active Voicing. So uh, we will see you next time. Hoppy trails. <laughs> <laughs>